You're listening to Vexed, a program on the Ephesus School Network. I'm Andrea Backus, your curator through biblical literature and its world and culture. Just as a museum curator selects, acquires, cares for, repairs objects, and discovers frauds and counterfeits, I'll be sifting through our world and culture for examples to help us better understand the biblical text. In today's episode, I will be sharing some of the content I'm working on for 2022. This is just an appetizer of the meals to come something to pique your interest and your thinking. The intent of this podcast is to direct its hearers to the Bible, to the biblical text. My work is there to help you, but it is not a substitute for the source material. The student of the Bible is required to hear the biblical text, to soak in its story. It is not my words which count, It is the words of the biblical writer, which are the bread of life. That said, let's dive into some content we'll be sharing this year. We will explore the Bible in translation. The fact that we read the Bible in translation, in our case in English, is a problem. The biblical writer's story can only be heard in his language, which means When we hear it in any other language, we are not hearing it. It's a pickle with which the student of the Bible must contend. I came across a title online that read, A Visual Guide to Choosing the Best Bible Translation. It is my conviction that there is no such thing. There is no best Bible translation. We have them. We use them. We do our best with them, but there is no substitute for the text in its original languages. But it is more complex than the fact that we don't read the text in its languages. There is the matter of time and context. We are not the writer's audience, and the culture of that time, the setting in which the writer wrote, is a thing of the past. We will discuss these matters and explain the seriousness of the problem posed by translations. Father Mark Bulos begins his Galatians commentary, Torah to the Gentiles, with a discussion of biblical pedagogy. And he begins with a quote from the great Mark Twain. Twain writes, The difference between the almost right word and the right word, is really a large matter. Tis the difference between the lightning bug and the lightning. 
quite right, Mr. Twain. It is a serious matter. We will also revisit the question, what do we mean when we use the term the Bible as literature? I continue to develop more points to distinguish this approach. Some points have to do specifically with issues of language and words, and others have to do with the content of the biblical text. Here are a few statements we will explore in that episode or episodes. These are not yet the points, but each of these will be addressed in some form in the final episodes. Think of it as a highlight reel. In no particular order, they are Number 1. In the Bible, everything is a character. Number 2. The Bible is intentionally repetitive. The stories repeat because they are meant to be heard over and over in order to get the story in your head. Number three, the meaning of the words in the Bible is found within the story, not from outside it. Number four, the Bible pits hearing over seeing. Number five, the biblical writers co-opt ancient themes, imagery, and mythology and apply them to their story. Number six, the Bible was not addressed to you. Number seven, the Bible does not speak about subjects. Some examples of subjects are ethics, love, morality, justice, wealth, Poverty, Identity, and Gender. Number eight. In the Bible, the details matter. Number nine. The Bible is ironic. Number ten. The biblical story is a joke on the human being and his civilization, and thereby... A joke on you. Number 11. The way the biblical story is told doesn't make sense to today's hearer. And number 12. The Bible dismantles Greek wisdom and philosophy. It wants you to walk, not to think. Stay tuned for a couple of episodes where we will make the case for these statements. We will also speak about how grace works in the Bible. We speak about God's grace toward humankind. But how does this work in the Bible? We will turn to the epic television series The Sopranos to help explain this. In a bit of a departure, we will examine the world of sheep. Yes, that roaming animal so vital to the life of those who reside in the Syrian wilderness. We will discuss what sheep meant to ancient cultures that had an impact on the biblical world. We will highlight the work of Dr. Carrie Fleiner, scholar in classics, specifically Roman history. Her body of work includes the role of spinning, the spinning of wool and other materials into textiles, 
and their importance in antiquity. Some of the other topics I'm working on include chosenness in the Bible. How does the biblical writer use this word chosen, and what do they mean by it? We'll also talk about adoption, how adoption worked in Roman society, and how this term is used in the Bible. We will also read and hear the biblical text. We will take a close look at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. This statement, that God created man in his own image, is both wildly popular and wildly misused. How this statement has been interpreted and applied, I would say misapplied, has fueled a lot of navel-gazing and nasty self-righteousness. So we will examine this text and investigate the words in their original language, and also include a study of the cultural setting of kingship in the ancient Near East to help us understand what the writer of Genesis meant to express. I am also planning a series of episodes in which we will read and examine a book of the Bible. I have not yet decided which book or books, but the current contender is the book of Ruth. That concludes our summary of possibilities for the year and probably beyond. My ambition is to begin posting episodes monthly as I am able, but I will take as much time as I require to craft a quality product. Until our next meeting, this is Vexed. Vext is a production of the Ephesus School Network.